Hey y'all, you're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. Hey. Okay, so first, I have to apologize. Um, it's all by fault, guys. We haven't had an episode come out in like forever today. It's all by fault. Um, it's not I love all y'all. Your fault. It's not all her fault. It's me too. I ain't shit. I ain't gonna never be shit. Hi, it's me. <laughs> I'm the brother of this me. <laughs> School been kicking my ass, y'all. So I just need y'all to pray for me. Put me on the sick and shut in list at the church services because mm. I just it. Mm. It's been getting it's been getting hard. It's been getting rough. It's just a lot. Girl, you ain't tell me it was this much. I tried to told you. Okay, anywho. What's <laughs> 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 <was> popping, y'all? <laughs> this episode, we are talking about the 2001 stoner comedy, How High. <laughs> How high? Yes. I, I had to really watch this with a very critical lens as a counselor because usually this was very funny to me. <laughs> it still is. It still is. And still is. It was really hard for me to watch it with the critical lens of a counselor. I really one, I think Red Man and Method Man is just so fine that oh, oh. I would they couldn't be my clients. But <laughs> two <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it just was so funny. They're so cute. It's so funny. And they yeah. looked like so happy making the movie. Like, I like seeing them joking and having fun and being goofy. Do you remember when they had a TV show for one season? Yes. The name of the, what was it. the name of the show? I have no idea. Probably Red and Meth. <laughs> I think so. I feel like I'm going to go find that. I should have wrote that down. I, I just, re- I vividly remember them having a show for one season and watching it every single week, tuning in, be like the groupie that I am. Because <laughs> the, the movie did so well and everybody Yeah, that they got them. a TV show from it. And the mom played uh, Anna Marie uh, Hansforth. No, what's her name? Anna Maria Horsforth. Horse, whore, yeah, her. D. <laughs> she played the mama on the TV show too. Yeah. I think it is Method Man and Red Man. Probably. I just remember the show was funny. Their brand of comedy is is, is right on for me. (laughs) It's right on for you. (laughs) And what exactly is their brand of comedy? Goofy and ghetto. (laughs) Ah, aha, aha. I got it. (laughs) Glad you understand. And because of that, I have several quotes. I don't know if you if you would like to go first. And I'm you, as always, I'm going to speak my mind throughout because the quotable section isn't enough for all of the ones that I have. <laughs> you know what? You just rattle them all out because you just I know you got them together. Oh, and the name of the show, by the way, is Method in Red. Oh, in okay. case you were okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, what's what's the number one? Hands down, can't start the quotables without saying it. Quote on your list. Oh man, when you say it like that, <laughs> uh, the skin marker, Buddha. 
really, she was so extra. <laughs> what the hell is that? It's, it's the Marco Buddha. It's the skin Marco Buddha. That's how you got to be. Protect yourself at all times, ladies. These Tinder dates and these and these catfishers and these people that be out here, they don't always be who they say they are. So you got to be vigilant. And I appreciate her. Be weird. Keep yourself safe. Get up out of there if, if it's red flags. Don't the man look like a whole different person and you go into his house? No. That's, that's you Let true. him know you will tie bow his ass and get the fuck on. Right. Right. <laughs> That's that's just that's the word message. There <laughs> you go. And then you know, there's the other ones like you know the 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 shit on your lip got some shit on his lip. That shit on your lip got some shit on his lip, dog. Yo, <laughs> and it kept passing it past. <laughs> He's like, don't do it. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> They was having an outbreak or something serious. Flare up. Listen, I know again. Protect yourself at all times, people. (laughs) At all times, because people out here got cooties for real. Oh, the shit on their lip got some shit on his lip. Ooh, and it was pussy. And ooh, I'm gonna cut myself shaving. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. No, Mm -mm. no, sir. No. Yeah, that thing was disgusting. And then I do tell people to buck up, Bart. Buck up. <laughs> I love it. My favorite scene is when he's talking for the white boy. <laughs> and he gets him kicked out of the class. The whole time, like, didn't you know? Didn't you know that that wasn't him talking? Like, how did you, as a professor, how did you not know that that was wear glasses. So maybe he need his prescription checked as far away. He nearsighted and, you know, didn't see that his <laughs> mouth won't move. It. I don't know. With <laughs> all due respect, sir, suck my dick. With all due respect, sir, suck my dick. <gasps> <laughs> I think I think that part stood out for me the most now, especially because I am a professor. I was just like, there's no way that I would not know this. Student wasn't talking. <laughs> like what? But, but more anyway. importantly, if somebody did say, "Well, I do respect suck my so, dick," they got to go. They do. <laughs> got to go. You do. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go. Yeah. I'm good. Don't come back. <laughs> no, don't. Yeah. I'm. I'm pretty much done talking. After I wonder that. if Harvard approved use of their name. For this movie, I mean, oh, you're they're so big. Like, how can you gatekeep the name so much? I mean, there's there's people who wear Harvard sweatshirts who can buy a Harvard sweatshirt without having gone at fucking Forever Twenty One. I don't know why I put an F word there, but yeah, you really meant that. I did because it is a little annoying. You know what I'm saying? Like, how dare you? But, I lived on a street named Harvard once. I think that's the closest I've ever been. But is Harvard University the only Harvard? No. There's there's other Harvards. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only Harvard I know. There's other Harvards, I'm sure. And I just want to take a second also to, and, and with my additional just random stuff that I'd be thinking, 
Mike Epps was in this movie for like three minutes total and had so many hilarious moments. Pippin, it's been Pippin, it's been Pippin, it's been Pippin. My great, great, great granddaddy was a pimp. I'm talking about pimping, been since pimping, since been pimping, since been pimping. I feel like that was like definitely just, they didn't even go over their lines. They was just like free, free balling, free balling. <laughs> Isn't free balling when you don't wear underwear? Mm-hmm. I don't think they were free balling. I don't know if they were free but they might have been ad-libbing, uh, improv as well. They may have... Do pimps improv. wear draws? Do pimps wear draws? Do pimps wear draws? They were. They have to be. You got to be ready at all times. I don't know, but old boy was just an assistant pimp. He came from a long line of assistant pimps. <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> Wait, Demir said, I thought you was the one that the Lord chose. <laughs> That was the best thing. That was the best thing, hands down. And it had nothing to do with nothing, did it? I don't think it did. I mean, where my bitches? They was coming to get their bitches. Where my bitches? You gotta say it together. It goes in together. Where my bitches? Where my bitches? Okay, check this out. Where my bitches? Can we just say employees? Where my employees? No, where my bitches? (laughs) We just call them employees. (laughs) The fact that the pimp's name Baby Powder and Baby Wife. What? Why is this even a thing? Okay, I get the baby powder and I get the, you know, he was using that to smack people. But why mm-hmm. does Sister Pitt was baby white? Because that's an assistant <laughs> to the baby powder. <laughs> baby powder is, is good, but you know, you, got, you can't do a lot without the baby white. Oh, man. Okay, so... What else? What other quotes do you have? <laughs> Just grab a titty. She won't even notice. <laughs> That's no, sir. That is oh. a sexual assault. Yeah, Lee. What? Is that? <laughs> she won't even. The fuck? <laughs> that is not okay. <laughs> not okay at all. Uh, how charmingly ghetto as <laughs> well. Oh, right. Okay. Yes, sir. Dean Kane, sir. <laughs> I think the the moral of the story for me, based off of the quotes, is when he says, I study high, so I can get high score. Yeah, I think if I study high, take the test high, get high scores. <laughs> Right? Right. Right. <laughs> I figure if I study yeah. high, take the test high, get high scores. And they both looked at each other like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that is what people who were going to college really thought at the time when they saw this movie. Like, yeah, see? Somebody gets it. Light that shit, smoke that shit, pass that shit. <laughs> That's, it. That's what Benjamin Franklin said. That's it. Those are the three rules. <sighs> Another random question. Okay, we're going to get into diagnosis. I just have random yeah. questions. Why was Marvin Gaye the one that was cutting up at the party that Ivory was at? Mm. 
Marvin Gaye came in there tripping. Marvin Gaye? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it do be the one. It do be the one. Uh, well, we fucks with each other. <laughs> I know he tried so hard. He tried. He was so cool, though. He thought he was. Um, he tried to be. Right. He tried to be. He had yeah. hoes, though. Did you see when he came with the two bitches? He had two bitches on his arm. Sorry, like not bitches. He actually had employees. They actually was over some departments. at the, They worked at the building, but they was they was with him. Well, those are probably an assistant professors. <laughs> adjunct. <laughs> or adjunct. It's their second job. <laughs> oh, child. Oh, I feel seen. <laughs> Man, the dean just kept getting his ass just chewed up. And <laughs> I just. The the bird seeds, the with the um what is it? The grease lightning, they're just exploding. Girl, yes. I was what would I do if I came into my room looking like this? My office. I I couldn't even tell you. Lord have mercy. All over your expensive oriental rug that you got in your travels. <laughs> I know the bitch that make these. <laughs> You know that bitch. Yeah, I know that bitch. <laughs> yeah, I know that bitch. Yep. Yep, I would have I would have had an attitude. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, pimps go through this shit from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, right. He was just, he, I, I think it's a really interesting that he was the dean. He did very good portraying a dean. Oba Baba Tunde. Yes. <laughs> Oba Baba Tunde. <laughs> what, he, what, what else did he play in? Uh, he played um, Barry Gordy. That's it. That's it. Yes. I, was like, I mean, I he's know. done a lot of other stuff, but I know that when you asked me that question, like, the answer what? to it is he played Barry Gordy. <laughs> That's why I just loved him. No, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> He, I was like, well, he had to be the dean, but he did it good. He did, really he good. did a great job. He's a good actor. I like a lot of the movies that he's in. He always does yes. very good to me. Yes. With his little tiny self. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Hector Alizondo just look at each other right in the eye with their short selves. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like my gear dean. He's boo-foo. <laughs> boo-foo. Can you, you remember Fubu? Is it coming back? I feel like it's coming back. Maybe not. I've I've seen people. Let me let me. I've seen us non-black people wearing them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's coming back, but not. I think that answers think your question. Us. Then I think that that answers your question. It does answer my question. Shout out to LL Cool J doing the subliminal FUBU ad in the Gap commercial, though. Ooh, ooh, what, what? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Great rappers. Who also have a song, also has a song with uh, Method Man and Redman. Uh, anywho, getting back to the actual movie of How High. Sorry. Yeah, we don't have to edit all of this. 
We're going to have to edit all of this, Daniel. We've been talking a whole lot of just nonsense. <laughs> I put some quotes in there, so we keep something. Anyway, yes. <laughs> get into this diagnosis. Yes. So, who would you like to do first, ma'am? Hmm. I feel the easiest person to diagnose and get started with is Jamal King. Mm. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> well, see, I what say going, you, Dr. B. <laughs> <laughs> I keep going back and forth between um, cannabis intoxication um, because am I seeing him? Because nine times out of ten, <laughs> He's high. <laughs> um, so is, are we going to give it to him like, you know, like with the intoxication and then also induce psychotic disorder? So what mm-hmm. I did, I didn't go full psychotic for him. I okay, said cannabis intoxication with perceptual disturbances with severe use disorder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the perceptual disturbances is them seeing ivory, but it's not full. To me, it wouldn't be full psychotic uh, disorder induced because they kind of well, once <laughs> Method Man told him or once Silas rather told him, then they were purposefully seeking ivory. It wasn't that they were they were afraid. It was causing them distress. It was to the point where they felt like they were hearing things or seeing things that like, no, they full on knew other people can't see this. We're doing this for a purpose where it's for a reason so that we take the test high and get high scores It's for a Ooh. reason. So I gave it <laughs> perceptual disturbances instead of induced psychotic disorder. OK, so then tell me what your thoughts are when he has that moment. Um, when he when he says I'm he, a ghost, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, yes, that. Um, but Jamie, his his moment when he go actually with Jamie when he has his moment in the classroom with the teacher with the professor in front of the entire class, and then it turns out to be his mom, and then he's on the table in front of everyone. So where does that fit in with the diagnosis? Me just trying to be nice because I like him. See, this is why he shouldn't be my client because he's fine and I didn't want to go full or psychotic. But that man <laughs> definitely saw his mama in the sky. So, yes, it really is in real life induced psychotic disorder, cannabis induced psychotic disorder. But he was fine. So I was trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how this works. No, I'm a terrible, terrible clinician. I've been away for a while, guys. My brain is fried. <laughs> And look, I'm like, wait, hold up. I know, I know for sure that man. <laughs> His mama in the sky, he was damn full on hallucination. Oof. Yeah. I mean, be- yeah, he definitely had the, the hallucinations, uh, mm-hmm. a few the, uh, delusions here and there, but he didn't have the, uh, the abnormal psychomotor behavior. The ah, uh, ooh, ooh, ah, ooh. That don't look like psychomotor behavior to you. Okay, if you right. don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, maybe you have a point. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I'm I'm sticking with it. I agree. You right, I'm wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
No, that's usually not how this goes. <laughs> I don't like this side. <laughs> and it's funny because now I'm teaching this at this as a class. And so I'm really like intentional now. Like, before I was like, yeah, whatever. Just throw diagnosis at everybody. And now I'm like, but now it's how do you explain? (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) And and I grew up. I grew up. You in the New Testament. All right. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) And you got yours tabbed out like you really reading it and everything. Look at you. I love the noise. For the people who are listening and not watching on YouTube, I am merely joking and (laughs) being facetious when I say New Testament. Definitely talking about the DSM-5 text revision, text revised version, um, but not the, the, these diagnoses are not in the Bible because that's not what the Lord shows. (laughs) Mm -mm, It's not. It is not. So yeah, I really feel like with him, that would be the main um disorder i agree with that being the main i also gave him the zico of educational maladjustment and discord with teachers and classmates yes yeah and he got severe mama issues and jamal was low-key a bum Yeah, I was out here trying. Jamal was like, "No, I'm trying to marry Jamie, make her my future ex-wife, and live off of that, and we good." My future ex-wife. I just can't. I love that for him, though. He he had life figured out. If he likes it, I love it. If he likes it, I love it. Jamie was consenting and agreeing. He was being upfront with all of it. He was not lying or misleading anyone. He really was telling everybody, hey, I am here just trying to skate by and figure this shit out. And everyone consented and agreed and allowed it to happen. If I tell you who I am and you allow me to be that, whose fault is it? Okay. You got a point here, I guess. So then, but speaking of Z codes, what what do you think about Z fifty five point one? School unavailable and unattainable. (laughs) It's not that boy was at community college for what? She say eight years, six years. (laughs) He was there every day. But it isn't attainable just because you're there. Doesn't mean he had access. He had access. He just was, he said, if I could, I could squeeze six years out of community college, I could do a good 12 here. (laughs) Indeed. So, what about um, homelessness? He was living at a dorm. He had a place to stay. I need money, didn't. And so I put that for I need money and not Jamal. The fact that I need money can actually speak the whole time. And so I, well, then let's get into I need, well, we'll come back to I need money because we haven't said, yeah, we haven't said what we would do with uh, Jamal as a client because I am very concerned about his his issues with his mother and just some of that attachment that he has there and then is kind of wanting to step into Jamie's world and allow her to provide for him in that way and yeah i'm concerned about 
what that would look like once Jamie is his future ex-wife. Then what, Jamal? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my prognosis, it, I feel so bad because it feels like it's poor for Jamal, especially with, with his relationship with his mother. Do you see him and his mother? It depends on what you consider as poor. Do I see that after Jamie is his future ex-wife, that he may have some point in time where he has to go back and stay with his mama. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Do I see her allowing that to happen? Yes. Do I see her also cussing him out every single day while he's there? Yes. But her continue to let him be there until he does find the new woman that's going to take care of him. Yes. And I feel like because Jamal is so charismatic, is so fine, and is so funny that it's still very compassionate and loyal, I feel that he is always going to find someone that's willing to take care of him. Is mm-hmm. Does that mean that independent living skills will develop for him and that he will have it off? It? No, no. But do I feel like he'd be all right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So it just depends on your definition of poor or fair prognosis. <laughs> well, I really don't see him. I feel like Jamie is actually going to make him be accountable. For his mm. yes, mm. how do you and, see that? Just okay, <laughs> that's fine. Too. And I could see her actually getting along with his mom, and them mm-hmm. actually joining together mm-hmm. to hold him accountable, even if he does get a divorce. I think that. They will join forces because Jamal not leaving that relationship without getting her pregnant at least one time. So they would have a child and his mom and Jamie would work very well together in ensuring mm-hmm. the safety and well-being of child or children. Mm-hmm. Um, but they will try to hold Jamal accountable. But will Jamal accept accountability is another question. I don't know the answer to. People change when they have kids. And mm-hmm. so it's po- es possible, pero I don't know. Because I ain't got kids, so I don't know how that work. But then also, maybe with him really being serious with school, and you know, having... Is he serious? Okay, yeah, you're right. Well, okay. yeah, that's why I said poor. Because if that's the case, he's going to continue to get high. He's going to continue to have the hallucinations and the delusions. To the point in which it has to really impact his, you know, his day to day. Like, I challenge that because I feel that he does have some strong skills innately in using to combat the delusions and the hallucinations. Um, He has never been in a place where he has caused harm to someone else while in those delusions or to Mm -hmm. himself. Also, as soon as when he was like, I'm a ghost. (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny to me, but he immediately engaged in reality testing and then said, well, let me try that out. Like, okay, let's figure out what is real and what's not. And then he punched the car and he said, he a ghost, man. He said, oh, okay. 
She said that shit. That explains everything. Got me out here trying to put my hand through the through the shit. Like he immediately engaged in reality testing, saw what was real, saw what wasn't. He recognized, I don't know, did the, the situation with mom being in the sky while he was rowing, because everybody was like, Who's that woman? Like they could see it too. So that was kind of trippy. Right. But <laughs> Well, yeah, he he's like he—he's he not bugging. Stop it. <laughs> but or was that was just a part of his perception too that other people could see it? I don't right. know. That but then be. there was the incident with the teacher, uh, presumably filling him up on the table in front of the whole lecture and then turning it to his mom. Those, uh, he immediately like recognized, okay, that was not real. I'm going to excuse myself. And so if people around you become accustomed that you have this going on, they'd be like, okay, he, Jamal having one of his episodes again, when he comes to, he going to leave, take his minute. He'll be back. Um, my concern is just the fact that he's having the visions and dreams or uh, visions of his mom. It's always mom. Mom is in all of them, except for Ivory. Mm. That's what we really need to work through. I would send him to somebody that can do some um, psychoanalytic work with him so we could get to these um, these issues mm-hmm. and attachment shadow. with the mama. Mm-hmm. Some shadow work. Mm-hmm. And that Jahara's window. And uh, no, but I do feel like that um, she is honestly the the subconscious version of himself. And so when he needs to be reeled back in or he needs to, you know, kind of do or accomplish something that, right, that version or he hears her, but it's actually a part of him that now she's become a part of him and how Mm. he thinks and organizes his thoughts around the world. And Mm -hmm. so it seems as if he would have to undergo a moment where he separates and understands his life experience from his point of view and not necessarily looking at it and trying to be so pleasing to his mom to an extent that he constantly has her in his head. What would mom do? Or what would mom tell me to do right now? Get your ass off this table. (laughs) Did you wash your ass today? (laughs) Right. And then he's like, damn, did I? Shit. I'm in class. <laughs> I don't think I wash my ass. Let me go wash my ass. <laughs> what did you do it in a boat? Road, nigga. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think she comes to mind when he has to get out of that delusion that he's having. Like, snap out I of think it. It's a lot of that has been the only uh, push that he has had, like towards motivation, mm-hmm. because left to his own devices, he just kind of like, I'm going to, you know, breeze my way through this. But she has been the constant like, what do you have going on? Your sister is has her master weave technician and your brother got his master barber license and he paints velvet pictures in prison. What do you have going? And so kind <laughs> of trying to keep his... <laughs> So when he was slacking off in the boat and Bart was like, Kaboy, dude, what are you doing? Then he heard his mom. He immediately started rowing. He was, wasn't paying attention in class. Then he saw his mom. That instant, he had to get up and leave. But he did. He wasn't paying attention. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing in that moment. And so then he saw his mom. So I think that what you said holds a lot of weight. And I think that it would be very helpful for him to get to the, the, <laughs> the crux of that issue. Yes, <laughs> I do. I do also want to say, and we can move on. Um, I do feel like it's worth mentioning or seeking out additional testing um, and assessment for ADHD. I'm really concerned about that. And maybe that might be why 
he has this uh, this difficulty with like productivity and like being able to sit still and do something um and then self-medicating with marijuana which then causes the um or unorganized thinking to come out as or portray itself as delusions and hallucinations yeah I can understand that because uh, self-medicating using marijuana is something that is very common in our young black men who Mm -hmm. have ADHD. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is that's an actual concern. And then there is the instance of him not being able to stick with things for a long time. Like, oh, yeah, I can pay attention to the fact that I'm sore. I'm sore. I'm coming up to African-American studies late. You know what? I can't even sit here and I can't pay attention in women's studies, even though I love bitches, like he said. And then... <laughs> then with the run running and stuff, that was a lot for him, and it yeah. was a mundane, straight thing. So he threw the order other way and caught a taxi. There is, I could, mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, so I, that would be an additional assessment or you know inclusion of treatment that I would consider for him. Additional testing to be requested. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Who's next? Mm, Silas. Okay. Well, for Silas, then I do have cannabis intoxication with perceptual disturbances as well. And the and along with the Zico of educational maladjustment and discord with teachers and classmates. Yes, I can say that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that one's it. I also looked at the Zico of underachievement. In education, Mm -hmm. because Silas and that's kind of what Ivory was telling him, like, you smart, you can do this. Like, you just need to take the test and you need to go. And Mm -hmm. he really wasn't applying himself in those type ways. And Mm -hmm. he really had viable skills and was perfecting his herb and was doing all of this. And we're really working hard on the project once he started Mm -hmm. applying himself. But previously, he was not doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why you gonna tell the man we ain't study? (laughs) (laughs) I know. And then, so then, you know, that was the hard part about like really trying to see this as something that could possibly happen, right? Because there is this part of me that's like, how real can this get? And so if in the event, <laughs> In the event, one of my students is getting high and a ghost is telling them the answers to all of my exams. What say you, Dr. B? <laughs> is AI involved in some way? Because <laughs> everything, everybody blame everything on AI now. <laughs> it's because of AI. Um, <laughs> um, I'm thinking, like, okay, so based off of this show, okay, based off of the movie, it's mm-hmm. showing that um ivory is is giving them the answers however conceptually we know or we can assume like okay is that really happening or do they actually have the knowledge and it's coming back to them as if he's able to go through the door and get the answers from the answer key (laughs) walk through the wall i see where you're going I just want to challenge uh-huh. with the scene where Ivory is standing over them and they are marking answers themselves. And he says, no, what are you doing? It's B. But How you going to tell B? You just told me that it was B. 
it like they was going back and forth and arguing with Ivory about the answers that they had wrong and but the answers that, that they had right. Could that still be them? No. But showing <laughs> up in the form of Ivory. Like they're they're giving it they they're giving it this persona of Ivory because they are they recognize that, oh shit, this is where Ivory's ashes were. Oh, but actually it's it's them. Right? I am going to go less pathological with it and just go more spiritual in that Mm -hmm. they believe Ivory is there, so Ivory is there. Yes, same thing. You're seeing the same thing. But I'm saying it for more like there is an afterlife. He is a ghost. He was in heaven. He is coming down and assisting as a guardian angel type thing. Opposed to, he is a figment of my imagination whom I control and is representative of the, no. the information that I kind of studied on the test. And I believe that I do well like a placebo because he is there. That's, we're just, we're saying the same thing. We're just approaching it from different places. Different. Okay. All right. Fine. So with that being said, why not give him the psychosis? Because no, no. Damn it. That's where I put my hoof down. No. (laughs) 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 Okay, helpful. Then put it down. Literally, because Heffa have hooves. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fine, fine, fine. I'll let you have it. Who's next? And, but no, I'm saying what other episodes did he have besides no, he perceiving Ivory and the elf that jumped out of the lady wall when <laughs> they was getting their score? <laughs> I don't know. You're right. You win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> But I felt that Silas had a lot of strengths. Um, Silas was very goal oriented. Silas had, uh, I liked the way that he engaged with Lauren. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I see that potentially either growing into a healthy relationship or even if they don't see like a relationship that continues to fully bloom, I still see them having respect for each other. Um, Silas, Silas was all right with me this was however my first time recognizing that method man was skinny because it was the 90s and so they wore baggy clothes his every time i see him my whole life and when he was in wu-tang and then so when he had on that beater he was passing the weed back and forth i was like this man is skinny i remember being young being like i didn't know he was the skinny him thick now hit the Yes. <laughs> a clamp mm. <laughs> clutch the pearls <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is your prognosis for method man <laughs> get it together <laughs> I can't I feel like men on film <laughs> oh my god that man is something else, ain't he? Oh, he fine. Child, oh, he fine. Oh, he fine. They both fine to me. Yes. Method Man aged better than Red Man, but, and like he work out, but. Mm-hmm. It's so handsome. It's so fine. It's so 
it just made me think of um, the episode of Jamie Foxx where they was fighting over that girl and they was in the studio. Serial killer. <laughs> and I was like, why is she mad? They, they both want you, girl. They both right. want you. Okay, anyway, that's not how high. Okay, so coming back. <laughs> not a conflict at all. <laughs> See, the problem. There's <laughs> enough for me to go around. I'm sorry. I forgot where I was. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> it do it to you. Lord. Whew. I need money. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been friends ever since. <laughs> I'm so that scene when he pull up and he actually becomes their roommate. That actually he said, "What? Well, who's that guy? Oh, that's I need money. <laughs> Where right. he sleeping?" Girl, that legit happened to me in graduate in graduate housing. Mind you. So the story goes. Wait, wait. Why I don't know the story? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. So, you know, I'm trying Was to find. Here? Yeah. You, you were around. You were around. And remember, it was the it was the roommate that it turned out she was crazy. And um, she moved out. And then they moved someone else in. You don't remember this. Damn, son. So, yeah. <laughs> I had two crazy roommates in one year of my doctoral program. <laughs> Not that the doctoral program wasn't stressful enough. Now I'm stressed at home. The fuck? <laughs> it was some bullshit. And I told them, don't you put nobody else in this apartment without approving, without me approving it first. So they put this other person in here and that's how they got me. It was like, oh, yeah, we have someone else coming into the unit. And it, w- it was one of those units where you had your own bathroom and, and your bedroom and you could lock your room door. And so that was your lease. You're for that room. You don't have the lease over the other room. And so <clears throat> we're like, yeah, we have somebody else. I said, OK, can I meet her? And they said, no, no, we, it's all right. We already uh, screened and approved her. So that's red flag number one. The fuck? Tell me I can't even meet her. Like, you can't give me her phone number? Right. Can I say hello? Good morning to the girl before she move in. So she coming in and <laughs> what happened to <laughs> hello? Good morning. Hey, My name yeah. is <laughs> none of that. None of that. I don't even remember old girl name. I don't even think I even got the name because <laughs> as soon as she came in, she had to go because she brought her own version of I need money. <laughs> Wait a minute. I only signed up for one roommate, not two. Homeboy asked me, I was making some rice. You know, I has made some, my little famous rice and chicken with the gravy, you know, shine. And I asked, you know, because I'm just me. I'm like, hey, you know, I have some extra. You can have some if you want some. <laughs> he sure did help himself. Okay. Homeboy asked me again. He was like, hey, Rosie, right? I said, yeah. He was like, you think you can make me some more rice? With his bitch sitting right there. I said, yep, time to go. Hello? Hey. Um, She has this man in here, and I'm uncomfortable. He just made me real uncomfortable. Yes, ma'am. Timberland's at the front door. Like, he really, and then had the conversation of, 
So how are we going to split the bills? Oh. <laughs> Give me out of here. I ain't in here. Flag on the play. <laughs> this is in Iowa. I was like, who is this? I need money. That, that was who he was. Hey, I have a similar story, but I handled it differently. What you did? Riverwalk Apartments. I'm sure you're familiar with them. Um, so I had, I too had a roommate and then she also moved her man in. Mm. Mm. And, you know, that was, that was that and all of the things. And instead of snitching, I'm mad you snitched, but okay, I, I understand. I, hey, everybody, every man got to have a cold. Um, anyway, um, I just moved in my cousin. No, no. See, that's why I had to snitch because you're not going to make me uncomfortable in the space that I pay for. Yeah, no, 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 no. I was no longer uncomfortable because then my cousin was there making everyone else uncomfortable. <laughs> my cousin was still in their weed and smoking it, eating their food, fucking bitches on the couch. Well, see, I didn't have that cousin. Love you, cousin. <laughs> I wish I could have borrowed him. Damn. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I I mean, I could have been an asshole. I really could. I just didn't have it in me. I just felt like I was an asshole. I was just like, oh, oh, so it's okay to just move people in. Don't know where I'm from. Oh, no. (laughs) Y'all said it's okay. (laughs) So let it be okay. No, ma'am. I was not, I was not okay. At least if they would have told me like, this is a couple, they're coming together. I was under the impression it was one. Mm-hmm. And then now he's trying to talk to me like, like he's a part of it. It was the split in the bills of that. Like, <laughs> you think you live here for, no, you not live. I did not okay this. I'm not okay with this. I'm not, no, putting my hoof down. Cause this heifer said no. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Already. <laughs> okay, speaking of couples, let's get back to how high. Let's talk about Jamie. What do you what are your thoughts on Jamie? I think Jamie's crazy. Oh <laughs> that's a harsh word in the middle oh, of You're right, you're right. Oh, I was supposed to say that word. Oh, beep it out. Beep it. I said this. She said uh oh, she said a bad word. Ooh. Ooh. But I meant it. But I meant it. <laughs> no, she, I feel like, yet yeah, with um, Redman, Jamal, he met his match with Jamie. <laughs> that's, that's you ever smack your mother around? And <laughs> right. It's still a car. <laughs> oh, yeah, you ever sell your mama's car and smack her around when she asked you about it? No. <laughs> oh, that's. I did get arrested once, but my mama dropped the charges. <laughs> Close enough. Like, you'll do. That's Not a felony, right? but you'll do. I can work with it. It was just so, what the, yes. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, so I did not say crazy. I her? gave her oppositional defiant disorder. I could see it. Yeah. So I felt that some of the criteria that she met is the touchy or easily annoyed because she's the the Cedric 
step aside. And the angry and resentful definitely felt like she was resentful towards her father, um, mm-hmm. possibly for all of the time and the that he has to put into campaigning and his career in order to be mm-hmm. vice president of the United States that maybe she didn't get the attention that she was wanting, seeking, desiring. And so she does things to show out. And this is how she does that. This is uh, aligns with some of that vengefulness, um, deliberately annoying others. She's purposely trying to get on her father's nerves. Mm-hmm. And she thought, yeah. oh, she thought it was funny when they was talking into the thing. We can't be fucking around no more. We can't mm-hmm. be. Da, da, da. She's, <laughs> if my father were to lose his campaign, I just don't think I could live with myself. So like she was doing all of that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um actively defying or refusing to comply with requests from authority figures or with rules. Definitely mm-hmm. could see that. And arguing with authority figures. Okay. I'm definitely on board with that. <laughs> I wasn't going to diagnose her other than like, she just this interesting bitch. On, I mean, ooh, ring, ring, ring. where did that come from? <laughs> Damn, now she got to be bitches. Where's my bitches? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> she's she was just one of those characters where I was like, um, okay, you're interesting. I don't know if I need to diagnose you. But she didn't get one. That, though, is kind of how I felt about Lauren because she very much just gave me victim of, like, patriarchy, classism, yeah. and racism. Like, yeah. I owe everything. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for his family. So mm-hmm. I got to be his woman. And I've known yeah. him my whole life. So I got to be his woman. Like, he owed me. What type of shit is that? We is free, Lauren. Yes. So she has, I think she has a relationship relationship distress with intimate yes. partner. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That would be the source of counseling. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. empower Lauren. There are lots of self-empowerment is what we would be working on with Lauren. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what do you want, Lauren? What, what, what are your wants? Yes. Let's define those. I mean, she wants to look up. Do they need to be in a man? Because I also don't like that you jump straight from Bart into a relationship with Silas. True, true. That was really quick, but she didn't want to be in a relationship with him. She was just doing. I jump into a relationship with Silas. (laughs) Okay, not jump, baby. I'll just just slam into that bitch. (laughs) Honey, how did I get here? (laughs) 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 Here I am. but aside from that, yeah, so I definitely, we definitely would have some work to uh, go on with if, if Lauren was one of our clients. I do see her, though, with her interest in the, the work that she's doing and discovering the bong and doing the thing. She does have a lot of strength. She does have a lot going for herself. She's developing a career. I do see prognosis being well for her as long as she is able to tap in with her own values, what it is really is that she wants for herself and how to attain that in a safe way because we also don't want to put herself we don't want her to put herself in a situation where she does have to leave harvard because bart's family does something horrible to her um Mm. so we do want to make sure that we are safety planning along the way for that as well making sure that she is uh financially it's secure and all of those things before any large shifts happen so that she is protecting herself um what would you do with jamie if she was your client you know, I would definitely continue to empower her in doing like the career things that she's, you know, most interested in. Having her focus on herself, 
um, some of the things that she wants to achieve outside of what other people may or may not be able to help with. Um, And yeah, I think that's it. Like it would just be really just allowing her space because I'm so You're talking about Lauren or Jamie? Lauren. Oh, Jamie. Oh, I was talking about Lauren. My bad. We're talking about Jamie. I don't like her. <laughs> Sometimes we don't like our clients, guys. That's real shit. We have annoying <laughs> clients who in real life we would never even speak to. But we have to show up and provide <laughs> these people services. And that's important information to take in. Like how you're annoying me in session right now is probably how you annoy other people in mm-hmm. your everyday life. And so this mm-hmm. is good data for me to take in and recognize. And then, okay, let's see how we work with this. Is there a way that we could use any of this? And if not, how you unlearn it? Uh, please, <laughs> it's not cute. Like, it's, I just, <laughs> it's just not. Ugh. She's so annoying to me. Like, she just gave me spoiled, what? privileged brat. Well, like, she was. <laughs> I, you know, I struggle with that. That's that's me being well aware of myself. I am a better counselor as I know myself. Um, and you know, sometimes I get, a, I can find myself having a little less patients with individuals who come from a certain space of privilege and aren't aware of their privilege, right? And so then I have to have that moment where I have to self-reflect on why that bothers me and why it makes me uncomfortable. And it's because I've dealt with a lot of hard things and I had to learn how to adapt and be nice to people and how to be like, you know, just um, cordial. Even if I don't necessarily agree or like them, I have to be cordial. I learned that. And I felt like she didn't necessarily have that. And having to go through that with her would be really challenging for me as a counselor. So how do I see myself working with her? Um, Really going through and kind of tackling those uh, interpersonal things for myself. Um, and then helping her become aware of some of the things and how she shows up in spaces and expectations within her relationship, whether that be from Jamal or from her father. Um, yeah, that's all I have. Definitely. I think the biggest um, landmine I would try to avoid is just getting into any type of power struggles, especially with, with Jamie specifically, <laughs> but mm-hmm. anyone who has ODD is just not getting into that back and forth. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. girl, you the expert. You are the you expert of your life. No one knows mm-hmm. just circumstances yeah. and your situation better than you do. So yeah. you inform me, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Help me help mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah, really leaning into all of that (laughs) (laughs) because I don't think she would come back, let alone, no, listen, let alone come back if it was approached any other way, because Mm -hmm. there is already the power differential that can sometimes exist between client and patient, not client and patient. Those are the same things, client and therapist, but Mm -hmm. I definitely would try to, which is something that I try to regularly do is let everyone know we're we're equals in this relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a therapeutic process that we engage in together. Um, but I would want, girl, you the boss. I'm just the assistant. Yeah. Yeah. I come from a long line of assistant. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yes. That's it. Let her know. I'm here to help you. <laughs> I am at your service. Uh, I, I think if she is, I think there would have to be a lot of life circumstance in order for her prognosis to be any different and life to look any different than what it is right now. I think Mm -hmm. there would have to be a lot of life lessons that happen more so than just what the work that she would be doing in therapy. 
I think too, you know, it's important to still understand her worldview, right? Mm-hmm. And so while I may not necessarily have the type of class privilege she might have, um, there are some things or some intricacies that I can still be empathetic to, you know, in her world and her experience. You know, first she's presenting as like a biracial, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that already within itself has so many layers that can be unpacked and can be difficult for her. And the maybe the persona and the behaviorisms that she's having now are just really just, you know, a shield or a guise to help her stay guarded and protected because it works, right? Um, so really kind of unpacking a lot of the things that she's, you know, showing or expressing and finding that root cause for, for why she shows up the way she does. That baby needs some uh, just <laughs> attention and acceptance. She mm-hmm. needs attention and acceptance. And mm-hmm. I just hope that, uh, I think that Jamal is going to be able to give some of that to her. Mm-hmm. But I he think they him. both just know who they are. And so they don't, I think they have realistic expectations from each other, which I think is fair. And I think mm-hmm. is healthy. And I don't see it being a messy separation because they know these, they know the expectations from each other, from their relationship, what they want, what they are willing to deal with. And so it'll just be, it is what it is, is what it will be. If we can add that to the next DSM, that would be good. Thank you very much. Aziko, it is what it is. Aziko, thank you. And if not, it'll be in a future episode of Diagnosis Sitcoms and Movies Podcast. So, boom, there go ours. Period. <laughs> boom. So, speaking of our diagnosis and our book, um, Player Hating Dickhead goes to Dean Kane, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and you know this. <laughs> It's yeah. so the 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 many ways that D Kane it ooh the many ways that D Kane was PhD player hating dickhead personality mm-hmm. disorder. Um, mm-hmm. there are additionally you can find it on YouTube, guys. If you ever just bored and need something to do, there are deleted scenes that you can see um, that didn't make the movie. And one of those is that D Kane actually graduated from Morehouse, and he actually was one of the co-inventors of Pork Chop to Chunky. But because of his attitude and his PhD-ness, his personality Ooh. disorder, he couldn't, he didn't prosper with the rest of his friends that was making the, the, the pork chops of Chunky. And they went on and made the shit without him. And Ooh. he went to grad school. And became a salty bean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm Facts. And so um, some of the things that we see where uh, with the enduring pattern of inner experience and behavior, it deviates markedly from the expectations of his culture as a strong black bear, which you do a bit being a player hating dickhead. Um, this pattern has manifested in his cognitions with the way that he perceives and interprets himself as well as others and how he sees Jamal and Silas and calling them charmingly ghetto. Um <laughs> Love it. His affectivity, he has a large range, intensity, liability, um, and inappropriate sometimes emotional response levels to certain things. Like mm. if somebody his 
Jamal wasn't even roasting him that well. Those jokes yeah. wasn't even that funny. But he was turning yeah. red. <laughs> you devastating disco Diddy. Yeah. <laughs> you Angela Davis mustache habit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes. <laughs> but also we see his impaired interpersonal functioning, his impulse control, where at the end he comes and tries to mess up the whole party and with with an axe. You came in with a whole axe, bro. Calm down. People is getting high. It's a party. Why do you have an axe? Made them ID buddy. This nigga done cut done fucked up my shit. <laughs> and there it was the moment when he decided to speak. <laughs> Selective mutism at its mm-hmm. finest. That's what I diagnosed him with. But um, I don't, is there a treatment? Have we settled on a treatment modality for player hate and dickhead? Personality mm. disorder. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it does. We can go on and how this enduring pattern is inflexible and pervasive. There might be no treatment for it. It leads mm. to clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational functioning and other areas that are important to your everyday daily functioning. And it is a pattern that is onset and can be traced to at least early adulthood. So he was being a player hating dickhead with pork chops of chunky, and he still is being a player hating dickhead with Silas and Jamal. And that's it. I mean, he got a few Z codes in here. I mean, I think he might also have a threat of job loss at this point. <laughs> After you attack people with an ax at work, I think <laughs> that's pretty, that's an HR violation, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, it has heavy consequences, you know. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. I'm trying to think. What else can he be diagnosed with? I think that's it. I don't know, but I have a, a non-scientific theory that sellout black people have a a serious um dissociative disorder mm. that causes them distress. And so when they see black people just living and being great, they hate that shit because they they are so dissociated that they they can't have that. There's no real science there. This this is just what I think about people. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think like what medication could possibly. He needed to hit the bong. He did. He just needed to hit the bong. It it does change things, you know. Can can work. We see how drastically it changed things for Gerald. And did. Was it drastic? I felt like it was a little gradual. Yeah. <laughs> the man showed up in a robe. <laughs> His hair was all messed up. But I mean, now that one. He was yeah. trying to roll stuff with them with the scotch Girl. tape and paper. <laughs> the Desperation. Shit, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it wasn't it's gradual. Baby. Eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, damn baby. Right. What the hell? And I, I did, however, diagnose Gerald with cannabis-induced psychotic disorder with moderate or severe use uh, disorder because mm. he didn't know that he was supposed to even see Ivory. He didn't know Ivory was supposed to be real, and it caused him a lot of distress. Mm-hmm. 
I do. Yeah, I agree. Yes. He is the psychotic one. That was really evident. He came in there crazy. Oh my God, poor thing. Whew. And then I think toward the end, it's kind of like he was going through withdrawal. And then they let him hit the bomb. <laughs> right. <laughs> then he was better if he's no longer going through withdrawal. Yeah. So now he's just the wee head. So for, for, um, I need money other than his Z code of homelessness um, or houselessness. Is that what we're saying? I gave him other housing problem. Z59.9, other other housing problem. Because technically it's not sheltered homelessness because he's not staying staying in a shelter. He's staying with friends on the couch. Um, but (laughs) but it's not his home, but it's not a shelter. So I just felt like it was other housing problem because it is not secure housing. It's Mm -hmm. not stable. Um, it could change at any moment. And I did give him selective mutism because Mm -hmm. clearly he could talk. Um, and then I also diagnosed him with kleptomania because that man was stealing everything. He stole the eggs and the milk. Like why? That's what Method Man said. You're not supposed to steal from us. Right. Get what? Put it back. The fuck is wrong with you? Golly. But when they needed him, he came through. As a real friend should. Right. Didn't say he would. The man wasn't a good friend. Reliable. Reliable. Indeed him was. Indeed him was. He helped steal Gerald's bike. And run it in front of a truck. Yes. Bicycle. (laughs) That's what was needed in order for Gerald to understand who he's fucking with. I think it actually initiated the fuck around and find out cycle between all of them. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That that happened. Um, I, however, diagnosed Bart with narcissistic personality disorder. He got on my motherfucking nerves. I think I would also like to add player hate and dickhead on there, too. Like I, just, I think, you know what? Yes. Yeah, I, 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 mm-hmm. You can have two personality disorders. Right. With, fe- <laughs> with, with player hate and dickhead features. Features. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that Bart had a grandiose sense of self-importance. He was preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited power. Uh, He believed that he was special and unique and that he could only be understood by other special, unique people, not Jamal and Silas. Um, He required excessive admiration, which was kind of corny. And he was really mad that uh, Jamal came in and was doing good on the rowing team and that just burned his little buns. And he also had a sense of entitlement with being, was it the Brewster house? somebody great grandson whoever the hell he was and then interpersonally exploitive because i do feel like that was part manipulation with um lauren have to be in a relationship with him that was exploitation oh absolutely violation of human rights indeed what kind of name is bart anyway fuck up bart (laughs) okay your name is bart i'm sorry what's the next name Do you know anyone named Bart besides Bart Simpson? No. no, no. Me neither. Um, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Barts. 
all of the parts of the world. You know who I didn't expect name wise to be named Twan was Twan. I didn't think I didn't expect that your name to be Twan, but it's Twan. <laughs> you East Coast, ah, far East Coast, but he definitely threw up the W's when he said it. So I was like, sure did. Okay. Yeah. So All right, right Twan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I did give him a Z code of acculturation difficulty. Oh. He was learning. He was learning America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. was. But he was you, doing so him, you broke him. <laughs> he knew. He knew enough. He knew. He knew that. He knew all of the racial stereotypes. So there was yeah. that. Um, I am concerned uh, because they referenced several times that Twan was a child prodigy and that he was at Harvard, and they had him have sex with the hookers. They ran the dick sucking marathon with Twan, and won't he a child? Mm. Oh, what? He said, I'm a child prodigy. I mean, he could be a child prodigy still at 18. Okay. If you say so, girl. You know what? That's messed up if it is. Didn't nobody inform the hookers? Hookers don't check IDs. It's not the hookers' fault. It's not the hookers' fault. They were paid to, to, to perform a service. Indeed. Okay, all of the all of those things should be checked out before they arrive. They exactly. were performing their the duties of their job. However, mm-hmm. Silas ass and motherfucker Jamal ass knew when they told them to come have a dick sucking contest that Twan was a child. I think they were just really just trying to help Jeffrey and Twan. It's very boosy of them. It's very boosy of them. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. ooh, 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 boosy babies. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just really just them trying to give him an opportunity to engage in some sexual intercourse that they might have not otherwise experienced on their own. I'm just saying they 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 made virginity seem like a bad thing because when he caught him jerking off, he was like fucking virgins. Glad somebody's enjoying themselves. I know, and it wasn't even like. Was it was it a porno or was it just something really random? I thought a titty was out. I so could be like, wrong though. I can't remember. <laughs> Either way, Tom was a child, but he was fucking on uh uh end table ass and a lot of whole lot of back or whatever the ladies' names were. I can't remember. I only call I you hoes because I don't know your name individually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but along with Twan, I gave uh the roommate who was pledging adjustment disorder with anxiety. It seems like he was having a hard mm-hmm. time adjusting to college life and it made him mm-hmm. a little on edge. There's lots of worry there. Um, I'm sure it didn't help that he said the N-word and got bitch slapped as he deserved it because that can that kind of put you on edge if you know. Did he break roommate. his neck? <laughs> <laughs> How you gonna talk when you're supposed to be shutting up? <laughs> Oh, poor Jeffrey. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he signed up again. If you, if, when up. you consent to the things, when you sign up for it and then the things happen, who's right. the play? Right. Not so, I. 
I made a complaint. I snitched. And I said, not no more. I need money. Get out. <laughs> However, I said, oh, you think you, I need money? Let me show you I need money. <laughs> shit. I didn't realize like that that's how that situation played out until I look at it now from this adult lens. Ooh. Um. Anyway, <laughs> did you diagnose in any way Ivory? Oh, bro. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> I was like, well, he gone now. So. <laughs> yeah, I not uh what was it, Casper Daddy and uh Whoopi Goldberg. I can't therapize the, the ghosts. Right, you know. <laughs> it's a damn shame with a half an ivory. <laughs> you predicted that shit too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got your back. Even if my dress got on fire, <laughs> got your back. Like I fall who? out of a window, got your back. Got your back. I get hit by a bus, got your back. That's, That's a friend. You know okay. what? Jamal and Silas have some good ass friends. They have good nothing friends. else. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. And then Ivory agreed to spend his afterlife helping these fools. Courtney, I just want you to know, I got your back. I don't want to go through all them ways in which I have to have your back, but I got your back. Oh, you best believe I'm going to be there when you blaze up. What up, free? Hashtag. Like that shit. Smoke that shit. Pass that, that shit. shit. <laughs> Oh, man. That's everybody I have. I didn't diagnose baby powder and, or baby white because pips go through that kind of shit sometimes. You can't, you know. Yeah. Yeah, don't nobody say that now, nada, like you say that now, nada. Had not been for the Lord, I wouldn't have not had a nail, another bitch coming to my life. Not a Nobody say that now, nada, like you say that now, nada. Not a nail, a bitch. I think that's a great place to end the episode, guys. So if you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the Support the Show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our Cash App. Now we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather the kind that folds. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM Podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Go cop that merch. Until next time, peace. Okay, bye, you cinephile.